This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Lisa Wysocki in Ashland City, Tennessee. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 1st, episode 2944, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. <laughs> And away we go. Well, Lisa, thank you for joining me on such short notice. My co-host is a weenie and got sick. And then we got him to take the day off because I have COVID. Just kidding. Oh, darn. He's pretty sick. (laughs) He sounds like it. Have you had COVID yet? No, I haven't. I've been really careful. I'm vaccinated. And I mean, I'm not a, like a Nazi about it. I, I'm living my life. But but I, I've been really fortunate. So, But you have, correct? I Yes, I have. And my husband's had it twice. And I'm vaccinated. And so is he. So there's, you know, all the yeah. things. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's. I, I told him at least he's getting like COVID light. Like it's, it's just getting easier yes. as it goes you know <laughs> so so thank you for being here and they called in producer george here uh last minute as well so thank you george for being here he's usually on mute so he never talks um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be associated with this uh so anyway well before we get to all the things we're gonna we're gonna do a little weird news we've got a health segment and uh first we're gonna do daily winnies You go, Lisa. Okay. Okay. So my daily whinny has nothing to do with horses, but it's really important because my mom is 99. I think a lot of the auditors know that. I know. And she's still in her house. Is that not amazing? So, but I think a lot of people are caring for older relatives, parents, whatever. And because my mom is still in her house, she's starting to need some home health care. So my daily Winnie goes out to Christine and Denise and Vicki, who are helping to care for my mom mm-hmm. um, a couple of hours a day so that she can still stay in her house because I live 900 miles away. Uh, and I have to add Nancy to that. She's a neighbor. And um, between all of those people, uh, mom is able to live the life that she wants to live. And that's really important, you know. So so to any caregiver who's caring or any family member who's caring for an elderly parent or a relative or friend, I mean, that's my daily winning because it's, it's just been such a relief wow. and a blessing for me to have these people. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. And my daily winning goes out to Clark. Well, I love getting emails from listeners, and this one is no different. However, it's pretty hilarious because it came to me at 4.28 in the morning. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so, Clark, thank you for sending me an email. Apparently, Clark had a dream about Jen and Glenn and I and felt the need to wake up and email me about it. But, however, when you wake up and you email something at 4.20 in the morning, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, anyway, <laughs> I want to let you know that while you're snuggled up in bed and you're dreaming about me, you 
Thank you for that. That's all I needed to know. You made my day. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> this show is brought to you by Stateline Tech, and it is definitely the time of year where you do shopping for like fly control stuff and fly sheets and fly boots. And the, they have a thing on their website called Solutions for a Fly Free Season. And I don't know about you, but like, the the fly spray I used in Arizona religiously doesn't work here oh, in no. Oklahoma. No. It's like completely different. So I've had to different go through flies. this. Yes, yeah, different flies. I had to go through this like whole entire like cycle of different fly sprays, and uh, you know, and then they always fall in love with like a certain fly mask. Well, they've got all the new arrivals from Kensington. They've got every fly thing you could possibly think of, including when you go onto that little section. Lisa, I don't know if you want to do it. Um, yes. It's statelinetech.com and you click on the fly free season. Do you, what's the first picture that comes up for you? Well, I'm still trying to get there because I can't okay. type. <laughs> okay. So I'll just tell you, it is a tiny white pony wearing a Kensington fly sheet and it's a the color of bubble gum. It's called Kensington Mini Protective Sheet Bubble Gum. And oh my god, it's a little pink blanket on a little oh, white pony. Look at it's it. the cutest thing. It's oh worth my goodness. Look. Little plaid. Very cute. So I like I like the fly masks that have like the big goggle eyes, like the horse oh, that's god. right next to it. Little paisley thing. I like those. Yes. I, so so I have seen people with the the Fly, see to me, those are too hot for here because it's it squeezes Probably, their face yeah. and then they get really yes. sweaty. So I yes. love the the Kensington like just the the Kensington fly mask never seemed to rip. There's also some other ones I can't remember the name of it. It's like a Roma mask. I really like that one. You can find all these on StatelineTech.com. But the ones that I do not like are the ones that have like the fly like in the middle and it looks like they're like cross-eyed looking at it. Oh, I, like, I don't know. I just think that's embarrassing. <laughs> they're going to be made fun of. But, but what I like about state line pack is you can, you can find something if you live in Washington state or if you live in Florida, there is something there. I've shopped state line tack for decades. That is so true. And, yeah. yeah. Something for everybody. Ooh, I like these Comfitech deluxe, like the, they're the weather beetle ones, but they're like kind of like triangular and poof out. So they don't get yes. the island. Okay. And they're on sale for 18 bucks. Okay. I'm going to, oh, that's cool. well, dang it. This show just cost me money. <laughs> I need to buy a couple of those. All right. Well, you can go check all of this out on statelinetac.com. Well, I'm pleased to welcome our first guest to the show, Dr. Cipriana Swiderski. She is the director at the Almora Equine Center at the Arizona College of Agriculture. She has been researching equine asthma and equine pasture asthma since 1998. She is a board-certified equine internal medicine specialist. So I would like to welcome to the show, Cipriana. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and you are here to talk to us today. By the way, this health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Now, you're here to talk to us today about equine pasture asthma. And I'm I'm interested in this because I have a horse that potentially ha may have this type of situation, although I've never heard it called equine pasture asthma. So tell us what it is. So... So equine, what, what some people call equine pasture asthma, um, so is there is a basically a blanket um, renaming of the disease HEATH. That disease has been called severe equine asthma, and it has two types. 
a pasture-associated form that we're talking about, and then the more classical um, form that has been described in horses that are housed inside stalls in association with moldy hay. And so what we're talking about with pasture-associated severe equine asthma are horses in the summer that are housed on pasture that show signs of airway obstruction. So they have difficulty breathing and it most, it happens only during the summer and it is worse during conditions of high heat and high humidity. But these horses are normal during the winter, even when they're on the same pasture. So, so what, what is the difference then if they're normal part of the year? Is it, is it the humidity? Is it the heat? Is it the grass? Is it allergens? It could be probably a million things. Well, the fact is that we really don't know. People speculate as to what it is. We know that it is something that is associated in that environment during the hot, humid conditions. And so because uh, the winter associated form is known to be associated with mold and um, plant part, the combination of mold and plant particles, it's thought that that is likely to be the same in the pasture associated horses because there is um, one study that was done by Dr. Lais Costa that showed that these signs that the horses show actually are associated temporally with conditions of um, increases in certain molds in the in the atmosphere, and so it is thought to be sort of this. It, it's thought that it could be the same sort of um, you know combination of plant particulates, maybe pollens, maybe pieces of uh, you know other pieces of plant particulates that could be in the air in association with molds, um, particularly mold spores. But we don't really know because. Unlike the winter-associated forms, we haven't fulfilled what's called Koch's postulates, where we can actually take what we think is causing the disease and expose the horses to it and actually cause the signs. It's actually quite complicated because when you think about what the possibilities are in ambient air in the pasture, there, there's you know millions of possible com- combinations. And so um, fulfilling Koch's postulates is rather difficult. So is this something that's new or has it been around for a long time? We just, did we not recognize it? Did we change the name from heaves to this? Well, first off, heaves is a blanket. Heaves has been described for hundreds of years. And as I said, it was first described in association in these like indoor barns, you know, in barn environments where the horses were exposed to moldy hay. Okay, so that is what was classically called heaves. And then in the 80s, it was described in um, Louisiana where horses were showing these signs, similar signs, on pasture during hot, humid conditions. So the thing, the thing that's sort of unique about this particular condition is that it is got a much higher prevalence in the southeastern United States. And a lot of people aren't familiar with that particular disease because it's not as well described in the literature. And it is not like a a mainstay of many veterinary curriculums to talk about 
when they talk about the winter associated moldy hay associated stall form of severe equine asthma, they talk about it um, in veterinary curriculums and often don't make that same association to those signs um, during the summer in the southeastern United States. And so, so it's all, <clears throat> Heaves has been around for quite a long time. And then over time in the last, you know, within the last 10 years, it's been recognized that these signs, as well as many other facets, that not just the clinical signs of the disease, but, but even changes in the structure of the lungs change in the same way in these two forms of this disease, the, the, the barn associated and the, and the pasture associated, we even get structural st- changes that, are, that mimic what happens in human asthma. So that is why the term has been changed to asthma, okay? And so, so it's called severe asthma to reflect particularly these horses that show signs just at rest. They show changes, both the, so when we talk about this disease, as severe equine asthma, we sort of bifurcated into the stall associated and the pasture associated. But the disease has been called different things for quite a long time. And but it's still the same disease. There's just been a change in the nomenclature. Right, right. Is there is there at all a way to prevent this? Well we don't know yet. So when we so when we talk about the the pasture associated form which is much, much, much more common and was first described in the southeastern United States. When we talk about that disease, um, there has been relatively little true research on that disease. I have, because I've lived in the southeastern United States and and very recently um, moved to the southwestern United States, but I spent um, from 1992 to what 2021 in the southeastern United States and when I first saw these horses I was really horrified at how much they were suffering because they can't really get away from the the things that are triggering this disease so in the winter form of the of the disease you remove the horse from the stall and from that moldy um, hay and put them out on pasture and they're fine well horses in the southeast don't have that luxury because it's very difficult, right? Horses are meant to be on pasture. And so it's a very frustrating disease. And so the answer is that what we see quite honestly is that these horses get worse and worse every year. Um, And so a very key point of managing these animals is actually removing them from that pasture environment. And so a lot of horses get mismanaged because people are very familiar with the winter stall associated disease in which you turn the horses out. And so they talk about, you know, they're sort of managing the wrong version, right? And so they'll try, the veterinarians will try to say, hey, let's go ahead and, you know, decrease dust in the environment and all those things, which are laudable goals. But the fact is that what is triggering this pasture associated form is in the ambient air is in the pasture environment of the pasture right so we've got to get them out of the pasture okay and so so that is really hard because horses are supposed to be continuous grazers and so we get a lot of you know it's sort of counterintuitive to most horsemen including me when I first moved there but Mm -hmm. what I found over many years of I had a, a 
a herd that actually moved with me to Arizona, but I had a herd of these horses that I had managed for a very long time that were very severe when they came to me. And the way that we managed them was actually removing them from the pasture during the, during the summer and actually keeping them inside in a stall. And, um, you know, we would give them hand walking or things like that. But the fact is that once a horse becomes that sensitive to what's out in the ambient air, which they get more sensitive every year, just the slightest little exposure can, can flare them. And so there are sort of interims. I mean, I mean, I think if you think of that, there is this environment in the pasture that's composed of mold and pollen and, and who knows what else that's, that's sensitizing these animals, then what you start to see is that there is what I like to think of it as a threshold of exposure that is somewhat unique for each horse. And so we don't always understand what that threshold is, but the key is to get them away from it. And some horses need more isolation from that environment than others. And so what we did find is that as the horses get more advanced in their disease, some of them do find, you know, just going into a stall environment that's away from the pasture. And sure, you need to keep, it needs to be low dust and all those things. But some horses, we couldn't really make them better anymore until we actually moved them into a completely climate controlled. We had an air conditioned barn at the, um, at the college where I used to be, and we could move them into that air conditioned barn and make them better. So, um, yeah, so that threshold exposure that's unique to each horse is really important to understand. And, what, and wait, I'm, like, like, okay, so here you go. Uh, you have asthma, so all of my horses now need to live in my barn, which now I need to get an air conditioner for, and we need to filter there. Like, wow, that's a lot. Go ahead, Lisa. Hello. I know you had a question. I, I do, Cipriana. So I was in Lexington a couple of weeks ago with some other um, horse journalists, and we toured a rehab facility, and they had a, a, a hyperbaric chamber for horses. And the first time I ever heard the term equine pasture asthma was there, and they had some horses in that they were treating this with this hyperbaric uh, chamber and they were putting horses in for a certain period of time to help clear it up. So is, is that something that, that we need to be thinking about or what are some of the other treatments for this? Well, I mean, that will be a very interesting study to see actually what happens and, and if it can change the course of their sensitivity, but that's the underlying problem with these horses is that they are hypersensitive to environments that other animals are not hypersensitive to, right? And so, so at the fundamental heart of change of treating this disease, and and in fact, without getting into too much history, but in in interacting with um, human researchers who study human asthma, at the heart of changing asthma is changing the, the inherent sensitivity to the environment. And that is something that has not been done. Okay. And so that is like the Holy grail of what we would love to do. Okay. And can't. And so that is really the fundamental problem is we can take animals elsewhere. And a key point here is that if we move these horses from this environment to another environment where the ambient sensitizers are apparently not the same, 
we indeed do see that the horses get better. So it would not surprise me in Kentucky, where pasture asthma is not really prevalent, it would not surprise me that you would move horses there and with or without a um, hyperbaric chamber, they at least some of them would be expected to get better because it's a completely different type of grass. It's a completely different um, ambient set of, of molds, all those sorts of things. And in fact, we are not in a place to publish this, but part of uh, me moving to Arizona and bringing my um, herd with me was, this is sponsored by the University of Arizona and by a company, Hilltop Biosciences. And so a big part of that change was to actually um, build on this sort of um, anecdotal understanding that these horses, people know who have these horses will move them and but no one's really documented it. We talk about it. And so what we wanted to do was actually document this. And so we moved our horses in September when they were still showing signs. And we saw a precipitous drop in the inflammation in their airways. And so um, and their signs went away. But we haven't gone through another summer, which is what we're heading into now. So those horses are currently on grass in Arizona, which is um, a feat in and of itself, because we don't have yeah. a lot of grass in Arizona, but we do have a few pastures that we could put the horses on grass in. And so they are sitting there um, right now asymptomatic, but but the real acid test will be, you know, in July and August and September, do those horses show, show their signs again? Um, but we do know, for instance, when I moved here, they did a little like spot on the movement of the horses because back in the day, a lot of people would move to the to Arizona for their own um, consumption, right, when they had TB and things like that, and their respiratory signs would improve. And so what we want to see is if that is the same thing that happens with these horses. And one of the things that came from that little um, TV spot was a horse who was owned by a college student who actually went to the University of Alabama and took her horse from Arizona to Alabama where the pasture associated form occurs. And that horse indeed did develop the signs and it took a while for him to be um, diagnosed. As a matter of fact, I had lots of trouble getting him diagnosed. And finally, because he never really had signs in Arizona, they just moved him back and he's fine again. Wow. So, so they've sent me pictures. So yeah, so changing the environment, which is huge um, and it is very difficult for people, right? Because it would mean losing their best friend but there are, that could be a promise for a disease that is otherwise just a spiral of continuous worsening of this disease. Or and they could do what you did, goals. which is to take the whole herd and move with them across the country to Arizona. <laughs> the story, I mean, what a good gig for a horse. They're like, hey, we don't feel good, so mom's going to move us. Like, wow. <laughs> That's well, a great you know, gig. I mean, I, I, yeah, and it, I obviously know that that's not necessarily practical, but I will tell you that from, what, 20-some years of watching these horses suffer and get worse every year, and I'm not, I am going to say that there is the, to be honest, there is the rare and occasional horse that will get better, okay, and will resolve this, but that is extremely, extremely, extremely rare, okay, like, you know, I don't have a percentage, but extremely rare. And so probably what's happening is those horses, as we know, you know, with allergen shots, right, maybe those horses are developing 
you know, some sort of um, repression of their sensitivity. But that is extremely rare, and it is not something that anyone, in my opinion as a veterinarian who's treated this disease and managed this disease, it's not something that anyone should count on. Most horses get worse every year. They're, and the, the bad thing is that the, the, um, the structural changes in their lungs also get worse every year. Um, and so what we hope to do is to actually document whether indeed moving these horses truly is something that cha- is life-changing for them. And to, if it is, to actually create a modus to do that, you know, the, the breathing train or something that we can create a way where horses can be rehomed who develop this horrible, horrible disease that's ultimately mm-hmm. a death sentence. Well, listen, Cipriana, we've unfortunately run out of time. If people want to get a hold of you, the article is in thehorse.com, and they can also find you at the Almira Equine Center at the University of Arizona College of Agriculture. We do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for filling us in on this. I think we've all learned a ton. Thank you. You know, Jamie, Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with those whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. And none of us want that. We are horse people ourselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can render in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and find a formula that is Perfect for your equine partner at www.dailydoseequine.com. God, you're so close to one take, Johnny, there. I oh, know it. Lisa. I know it. I was right there. Do you Have you ever heard me say those three W's at the beginning? No, because I no. can't. I just go straight for the site. People it's like, know. It's like palatable, palatable. Palatable. Oh, my God. Palatable. That was the best. All right. Well, you guys, you did it. You sent him to me. It is that time. It's time for Weird News. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. All right. Well, when I said you did it, I found a couple of them, but I think they got edited out because y'all's were even better. Thank you to Charlotte, Clark, Amy, Lorene, Aaron, and Alicia for all sending me weird news stories. If you're ever reading the news, Lisa, and you're like scrolling through your feed and you're like, wow, that's weird. That's what I want. If you think of weird, think of me and email it to Jamie at Horse Radio Network with weird news in the subject line and send it to me. And then I can read your weird news on the show. I don't tell people whose weird news is whose because it's nobody's business where you're scrolling and getting your information. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some weird sites that people find and send it to me. Like there's times I'm like, I don't know if I should click this. This looks very sketch, but I do. <laughs> and then I find great stories like this. Uh, Lisa, have you ever, are you a cruise person? You know, I'd like to be. Not yeah. so far, but I'd like to be. Okay. I would not. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not big on boats, not big on cruises, but I'm definitely not big on a cruise to the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, no way. It's a glass bottom boat and it is basically a cruise that will envelop you and like involve you in all the conspiracy theories and like talk about the legend and make it kind of an educational thing about the Bermuda Triangle and where everything is. Now, why would I do that? Well, here's the thing, Lisa. Here's the promise 
and the guarantee that this company will make to you when you board their boat. Okay. Okay. If for some reason this boat cruise ship glass bottom thing going to the Bermuda triangle does not return, <laughs> you get a full refund. <laughs> really? <laughs> From 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 out there in outer space or wherever you I give you a to. full refund if you don't make it back. <laughs> that just doesn't sound like a, a relaxing type of cruise to me. The people who purchase the tickets have even been given an offer of receiving their money back if the ship disappears into the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> That is Great. hilarious. Great. That is hilarious. All right. The next weird news story is it doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to describe it to you, and it's not going to make any sense. But this is a segment called Weird News. And I was like, this is really weird. And I, I just, I don't know. It's from Yahoo. So it's, okay. it's Yahoo News. <sighs> to fulfill his lifelong dream of transforming into an animal, a Japanese man spent $15,709 on a realistic collie costume. Okay. There's a company called <laughs> Zeppet, Z-E-P-P-E-T, which specializes in sculptures and models for movies, commercials, and amusement facilities, TV costumes, and mascots. So this guy's like, I've always wanted to be a dog, and I love the collie the most. And so he... um he had a collie costume built for him that he climbs. I don't, it's, it's a weird, like stuffed animal looking costume. I don't know how he gets in. Is he on his knees? Is he on his feet? I don't understand. It's really, really weird. So okay? what, what else is he doing to become more dog-like? He said that he chose the collie, by the way, because the long hair can, quote, mislead the human figure. He said, I made it collie uh -huh. because it looks real when I put it on. And my favorite is quadrupedal animals, especially cute ones. It's like quadrupedal. <laughs> Among them, I thought a big animal close to me would be good. And I met such a condition and made collie, my favorite breed of dog. <gasps> this is weird. That's very weird. That's very weird. So does he bark? <laughs> uh, he posted a video to his YouTube channel. This guy has a YouTube channel, just like everybody. And, uh, he said where he tries on the costume and transform into a dog, making dog like motions. He okay. can be seen waving his paw in the air and <laughs> flopping to his side as a real life dog would. I don't want to watch the videos, but I have a lot of questions. Yes, like, me too. Me too. What, that I don't one, get that one I have to watch. All right, moving on. That's just weird. It gives me creeps. All right. Uh, finally, our last weird news story today is, um, have you traveled to Paris no. before? Okay. No. So what, like a, a dream would be to travel to Paris and you wait in line all day to go and see the Mona Lisa. I mean. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa between 1503 and 1519. It is hanging in the Louvre, okay? And, I mean, you have to wait in line to see it. And this lady in a wheelchair, gray hair, hunched over in a wheelchair is uh, being pushed or wheeling herself. I don't know, through the line, the turnstiles get 
all the way up to the Mona Lisa, and she finally makes her way to the Mona Lisa. She stands up, rips her wig off, revealing she is, in fact, a grown-ass man, and throws (laughs) a piece of cake at the Mona Lisa, hitting her smack right in the chin, and this icing is all over the painting and it's like running down and she he stands up and said think of the earth there are people who are destroying the earth think about (laughs) it think of the earth that's why I did this the 36 year old man was then detained and sent to a psychiatric unit and Guess what? Ding dong. The Mona Lisa has protective glass yes. all over it. Yes. <laughs> like they literally wiped it off and like, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's like death by cake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does cake have to do with the Mona Lisa and then global warming or something? Climate change. How is dressing as an old woman sneaking I a piece of know. cake into the lo- You know what? They're going to start frisking. You know what? Because it's like somebody put a bomb in their shoe and went on a plane. Now we all have to take our shoes off. Now right. anybody in a wheelchair is going to have like a full body cavity search. Going they're going to have the they're gonna have dogs. And so this dog from um, Japan, they're going to have scent dogs. They're going to send cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's then then you know next week's story is going to be like the man in the dog costume returned yeah. from the Bermuda Triangle to carry cake into the Louvre. Oh, see it all ties exactly. together. You're totally yes. right. You're amazing. Yes. Well done. <laughs> um, and that is it today, ladies and gentlemen. But I've got to tell you before we do. Oh, we do. We finished all the commercials. Look at us. Look at it. Wait, no, we didn't. No, I have one more. Can harvest. Oh God! Do you, see this one is a mess for you. Do you want me to just do it real quick? Um, you can. If, just doesn't matter. Or I can. You know what? One take, Johnny. Let's see what you got. Okay. And don't go do slow. You always read this one when you know you're going to screw up really slow. And <laughs> I'm going to step it up. Just I'm step go. Up the game here. Yeah, come on, do it. Okay. okay, George, count me in. No, no, no. There's no counting in. We're live right oh, now. Come do on. it. Okay. Is your horse showing signs of nervousness, inflammation, pain, or digestive issues? If so, American Harvest products might be the solution you need. This Montana-based company develops the highest quality hemp products and offers a line specifically for horses, including CBD oil, premium hemp extract, and equine hemp-derived pellets. American Harvest's natural... Oh, oh my God! Yes! Natural <laughs> are formulated and produced from natural hemp. The pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store. .altech.com. And even better, every month, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway for you, our loyal Horse Radio Network listeners. One lucky winner will receive a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. All you have to do is check out today's show notes for details on how to enter. Okay, okay, let me just let me just jump in. You just completely made my day. For those who don't know, there was a word and it was what was the word? It was palatable. Palatable. And Lisa read this commercial 47 times and kept saying palatable. And now it makes me so happy to know that natural is natural. 
running list of these words. I love it. I, oh, I have a list right here. Are you kidding me? I I, I save this stuff. Um, again, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. George, thanks for producing, and Lisa, thank you for co-hosting today and such short notice. And thanks for Jen for screwing everything up behind the scenes. <laughs> She's going to kill me. All right, everybody, have a good day. Spade, neutering, gelds. Gelded.